0: Dedicated to the frogs, since I sound like one. <laughs> <laughs> I am on the upswing from a little head cold, so bear with me. And I will do my best to edit out all of my <laughs> hacks. Because oh there have gosh. been a lot of them. Man, it's real. Like <laughs> The illness is real. It's yeah. that time of year. And we're in New York City, so yeah. it's like you touch something and you get sick. <sighs> anyway, um, I am sitting here with my... Very special guest, Miss Chelsea Barker. Hi, Chelsea. Welcome Hello. to the pod. Hello, Izzy. <laughs> so um, good to see you. <laughs> Chelsea is, uh, we decided that she's a triple threat because she is an actress, singer, dancer, mm-hmm. ukulele playing extraordinaire. Yeah, she's wonderful. I do, um, things. I do, I do things. She does a lot of I things. Does I does things. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chelsea is the host of Chelsea Barks a Song. Which is a very interesting, um, it's it's so cute, it's a live stream, which she does every Friday night at 9pm, and you can watch it live on Instagram and or Facebook. If I mean, that would be interesting if you did both I mean, <laughs> at yeah. the same time. How many devices do you have? You can have them like, on either side <laughs> of your head. Right. <laughs> Just that sparks. It's so that stereo. If you're cooking, have one on your left and one on your right. Huh. Um, and then, hopefully, soon by by the end of this season, before the winter hits, hopefully, I'll be launching on Twitch the the live streaming music community mm-hmm. there as well. So, that's kind of the goal. I'm also, if you can hear, in frog voice. Frogland! Frog, frog voice. Frogs. Uh, but it's yeah, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so I'm doing the live streaming thing, and I play ukulele and I sing songs and I drink a drink and I. um She yeah. has some Chelsea juice, which is Yay. always the alcoholic beverage du jour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, call it Chelsea juice because uh, my cousins initially tuned in when I did my first season last year, and you know all of a sudden there's a seven-year-old watching and I was like oh great good to know hi Maddie like it was just not something I was expecting I was like oh here I am cussing and drinking and oh okay got a cigarette (laughs) right exactly Exactly. like uh oops yeah exactly what other inappropriate things can I do (laughs) on this live streaming show so uh so yeah I changed to Chelsea juice pretty quick uh, as soon as people started tuning in, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of the drink of the day. However, I feel. So I I watched. I had to watch it um, Saturday morning because I was working Friday night, okay. and I had just taken Robitussin to try to kick <laughs> my my cold, which was fine. Except I don't rem- I don't remember ever like having the reaction to Robitussin where I feel like I've had sixteen like, whiskey shots, yeah. it's, like, very fuzzy, and your tummy gets a little upset, and you're drinking bourbon, I think it was, Yes. and I was just like, oh, no, put it down, put it <laughs> down, don't drink it anymore, sounds terrible, don't I was in it. a rough place, but <laughs> the show was very cute, um, and Chelsea also takes live requests, which is incredibly impressive, because it's not... Um, I don't think they're easy songs for for you to play. That that's, I mean, what was it? Uh, this past week was Firework. Firework, yeah. And Firework, so the Katy Perry song. Do you when you're practicing ukulele, do you just like pick a song and pretend you're performing it? Kind of, yeah. I it's mean, like sight, ra- sight reading. Yeah, almost. like I will. Uh, I'll go into my my brain and my music library. And I'll get on, you know, chord sites to try and find chord progressions Mm -hmm. and just try and figure out, you know, what songs I want to play. And I'll initially come up with like three, maybe four songs if I feel like it, because I won't play the entirety of every song. Mm -hmm. Like Ignition, you mentioned you liked Ignition. (laughs) (laughs) The remix to Ignition. It was so good. (laughs) (laughs) I, as soon as I I watched it, and I, it might have been the Robitussin talking, but I was like, (laughs) Dude, I want an album of this. I want, a, like, I want a vinyl. <laughs> my show is really great on Robitussin. Just take it for Mizzy. That's going to be like your <laughs> little blurb. Yes, exactly. The blurb Here. on the back of my my album cover. It's great on Robitussin. Only to be enjoyed with, with a small dose of Robitussin. Either Robitussin or Benadryl. Up to you. Mm. Um, but, yes, I, uh... So I didn't play that entire song, just the fun parts that I kind of know. So that's kind of a requirement for the requests, is that the, the main request that I have is that I know how the chorus goes and some of the first verse. Because I'll make up the song. All right, so when you um what what inspired you to start playing the ukulele as opposed to the guitar or The saxophone, I don't know, like what, why the ukulele? Um, I was in the middle of college, and I had been, shout out to uh, CCM, because it is a pretty awesome college to have graduated from, so (laughs) it is an awesome school, I will take that moment. There are talented people there. I lived, (laughs) breathed, graduated, got that buffa, and um. (laughs) She made it. I made it. I made it through the wilderness, and um, and I was listening to a lot of Ingrid Michaelson, Girls and Boys, mm-hmm. um, sophomore year, I guess it was, and uh, and she played the ukulele, and I had been thinking of picking up an instrument that was smaller that I could carry around with me places. Mm-hmm. Uh and ukulele was obviously the cause I wanted to sing while I played it. Yeah. So it was kind of So the saxophone was out. The saxophone was completely out of the question. <laughs> yeah. No flute for me. No flute. Um and I thought about guitar. My dad dabbles in blues guitar, but I um I I just tried to play a chord on it and immediately got discouraged, like yeah. you do when you first try to learn an instrument. Uh huh. And, uh, and so my mom asked me what I wanted for my birthday that year and I said a ukulele and she was like, what? I said, you heard me. So she sent me this, (laughs) God bless it, like a toy ukulele and I played the crap out of it. Mm -hmm. I learned my four chords and then I learned some more and then I would work, my, uh, work study job was at the CCM box office Mm -hmm. and, uh. Hilariously enough, my boss, shout out to Jean Rose, um, would let me sit in the middle, like in the window so people could come up and purchase tickets at any time. The window's wide open. The corridors and the big um, open areas and foyers of CCM were like those floors. Everything was just reverberated and-, and Really beautiful to yeah, just play to just make To just play noise. terrible ukulele <laughs> from the box office window and uh, and try and figure out chords on this again it's it was a <laughs> toy like there was Aww. no it could barely i had to retune it was it a plastic body uh it was a wooden body okay but like a very thin plywood body okay and uh, and the lightest of nylon strings yeah yeah so nylon also moves really easily so You normally, if you play for like more than 45 minutes, have to Mm retune. Yeah, so I I learned a lot about the ukulele and how it's designed and built, because Mm -hmm. I had to retune it and kind of re-glue the parts of the fretboard back in place. Oh, oh yeah. It was great. Uh, (laughs) But then I went to, uh, I worked at a theater in Colorado, I worked at Rocky Mountain Rep, my Summer after my junior year, going mm-hmm. into my senior year, and uh, I played this. Brought the toy up with me, into the altitude, and uh, a friend in the cast, Dylan Paul, who played like all sorts of guitar, everything, had recorded albums and stuff. He was like, "I'm gonna buy you a ukulele." Aww. For for literally no reason. It was like the joke of the season. Everybody in the company was like, "Oh, the extravagant gift giver award goes to yeah right Dylan." <laughs> um but it's the ukulele that i have to this day and i can't part with it yeah. and i was in this phase of naming all of my things after the beatles so okay. like my computer's name was ringo and like my, you know what i mean yeah. so my ukulele's name is paul paul the ukulele paul the ukulele That's great. it suits him he's a feminine one yeah but uh That's okay. but yeah it's a tenor sized ukulele which i also was like oh very into i have a soprano uke yeah yeah And I always liked, I picked it up initially because you have four fingers and there's four strings. Mm -hmm. And the nylon was a little easier on my fingertips until I started playing for like, now I I picked it up, I started playing when I had hip surgery. So I was pretty much confined to my mom's couch Mm -hmm. for about two months. And I would go to the music store where I grew up was called Menchie's Music. And I would go to Menchie's and buy whatever ukulele book I could find. And I would play it cover to cover. And so I'm talking like two, two, three hours at a time. So it got to the point where the um, tip of my middle finger was numb. Uh And then I was like, this is not easier than the guitar. Yeah. (laughs) This is not any less painful. But it's I love that it's also a like a smaller sound. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel as bad getting it out and playing in the middle of the night. Right. Sorry, neighbors. I know exactly. New York City apartments, yeah. am I right? Um, e. Yeah, what Hello. are you going to do? Uh, so yeah, so I basically got it knowing that I was going to make the move to the city, and, and if I'm going to pick up something and try something out, mm-hmm. I didn't think, because I don't commit to instruments, I didn't know how long it would take me to become familiar with it, right. much less use it, and Possibly get a new one and then get another one and then get like, get really into just covering random songs every Friday at 9 p.m. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm doing now mm-hmm. and it's a blast and a half. Yeah. So thanks, Mom, for my first you. Thanks, Dylan, for my second. And thank myself for my third. Why not? In, because you'll get there. Mm-hmm. You'll get it. Hey, if you don't need it, if and it ain't broke. too. Yeah. And there they are. There they that are. is like a, a a tin can ukulele. Yes, it's made out of um, this guy Russ uh, in Toronto. He makes them. He makes uh, these banjoleles out of uh, Italian tomato cans, and uh, like that front part comes off. It's a resonator. Sorry, Izzy's looking at it right now. <laughs> it's very cool looking and weird, and uh, but I I'm not a fan because of my first ukulele. I'm not a fan of super thin nylon strings. So mm-hmm. I knew that when I got my next soprano ukulele, I wanted it to have, I wanted it to be a banjo-lele and have banjo strings. So they all have, it's all metal strings. Very cool. Yeah. Anyway. Very cool. All right. So should we jump in? Yeah, let's jump okay. in. Let's Speaking of banjo-lele, I don't yeah, know if right? that's like a good segue into it actually, this song. Actually, it's kind of a good a transition bit. into this song. Like out of all the songs I chose, yeah. this would be the song that that so, sound is in. um, th- Let's let's talk about it. Um, yeah. Was it the song itself or the artist? Uh combination of both. Combinations. Of both. So I grew up on the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain, which, for those of you who don't know, it's about like forty-five minutes north of New Orleans. And uh, my mom and dad would commute to work every day on the south shore. My mom and dad were born and raised in New Orleans. Their mom and dad, born and raised in New Orleans. Their mom, it's, so it's I come from a Nice long line of New Orleanians. Um, Those southern southern girls. <laughs> I know, right? And um, and I grew up. My dad always had blues and jazz from the sixties and seventies. Giant collection of albums, and uh, and so this is kind of more his speed. He had. The Beatles and the Almond Brothers and the Doobie Brothers. And so this song specifically, uh, whenever I hear it, I go back to my grandparents' house, which I called them Mere because they were my French side grandparents. Oh. Um, but uh, don't speak of like a French, so don't ask me. Um, but uh, Mere and Père's house, they had a raised home uh on the bayous in Bay St. Louis Mississippi and uh, and I just remember sitting on they had a little hanging swing and a bunch of little knickknacks underneath the house because it would flood on the reg mm-hmm. and uh, and they had a little dock where you would go fishing and you'd just put crab traps down and like you know that's just what you do down there yeah and I never thought it was weird. That's just what you do. No, I, I don't think it's weird at all. I, I almost feel like you are Scout from To, <laughs> from kill, to kill a Mockingbird. A little bit. This is my favorite same book. kind of. Yeah, kind of sort same. of. <laughs> a little bit more recent than that. Which March is instead great. Of a <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so every time I hear this. Specific song, I think of sitting on that like little swing underneath my Marin pair's home in Bay Saint Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, so can I introduce it? Absolutely, I'm excited. <gasps> okay, so this is there you go, Black Water by the Doobie Brothers. This immediately reminds me of like driving around with my mom listening to the oldies station. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's the oldies. But good is yeah, absolutely you appreciate more now. Oh yeah. than you did when you were just like ugh. so that's why it's cuz it would be playing in the background when yeah. I was a kid and now it's an appreciation of it. It's mm-hmm. appreciation of those artists. Yeah. Yeah. And and great use of the little the little fiddle mm-hmm. feature mm-hmm. in there. I that's that's something I miss in contemporary music and there are there are bands out there. There are groups that um, will still highlight instruments that aren't used as often. Um, the Lumineers is one. The Civil Wars is one. Of course, Mumford and Sons, even though their newest stuff is getting away from that. Right. How how often do you go to like a rock show, a quote unquote rock show, and see and have like a violinist on stage? Right. That's just always because it's just. such a great. I don't know. I, I love a good violin, or a, a violin played in that folky mm-hmm. fiddle. The, fiddle. the yeah. fiddle, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that is, and, it, and it's definitely a very, it, it doesn't make it too mainstream. I feel like there are plenty of folk groups and bluegrass-esque, mm-hmm. Dixie-type groups uh, that have that sound, that mm-hmm. use that, Um and, you know, thinking of, you know, lesser-known bands, like, and seriously, just my friends from New Orleans, Alexis and Sam, that are in Sweet Crude, they utilize the violin in such an awesome way, and um, my friends Ryan and Annalise, and their band Two Thirds Goat, they mm-hmm. also, our friend Ryan Guerra is like a phenomenal yeah. master of the violin and fiddle yeah. sounds, and, and it's just, it adds a different level. Absolutely, so fun, yeah. Um, (laughs) Speaking of new level sounds, this (laughs) is this is my segue into the next song. It's a really good segue. I is I don't know if it is, but um, (laughs) so this is uh, the overture from Candide, and I absolutely adore Leonard Bernstein. Mm -hmm. I it just they. I don't want to call him. He, he's not contemporary, but to me, he seems uh, more current than Rodgers and Hammerstein, even though it was all. He, I mean, he he is. Yeah. Um. I don't consider him in the golden age era. No, you so don't. You okay. Yeah. So I see. I feel like he's after that. Yeah. But not contemporary musical theater right. at all. He was on the tail end of that mm-hmm. 50s, 60s run. Yeah. Um. That is. Uh. That's kind of leaving the old, older, interesting, um, still groundbreaking shows and music in in that era, and he kind of moved it forward with new and interesting work um, to open the door for artists like Andrew Lloyd Webber and Stephen Sondheim mm-hmm. and, and those kinds of 60s and 70s and 80s musicals to yeah. come into play. So I think that he's a pretty, uh, well, obviously a phenomenal composer mm-hmm. director, and just everything uh, about it. Candide specifically was a book that I was assigned in high school to read, you know, and you're just like, all right, Voltaire, whatever. It's Candide. I and guess I'll read it. let me just get through this book report. Like I was never a huge reader ever. So I just got through it. It was interesting. It was very different. I enjoyed the satiricalness of it. Um, and then uh, when I got older, a few years older, got into musical theater, I must have been 15, and I, th- the local theater that, uh, in New Orleans, Tulane Summer Lyric Theater that I worked for, for a few summers, um, I got cast in a show there, and it was just like the m- most amazing thing. I was cast in West Side Story as one of the Jet Girls, like Minnie, Minnie. Was her name, the tiniest jet girl, but like I still got to do cool. Yeah. She um, was the tiniest role, but I was so excited because mm-hmm. I got cast in a show at Summer Lyric. Yeah. So the first show of that season that we went to go see was Candide. So I needed to brush up on my Candide. So I watched um, the Lonnie Price uh, revival uh, concert with Kristen Chenoweth, Patty Lapone, and I loved it. It's so brilliant. It's so good. Oh man! Um, and I didn't pay much mind to the overture. Mm-hmm. And so then when I went to go see the actual show, I sat there and the Louisiana Philharmonic is it starts this overture, and my eyes well up, and and I just get these huge goosebumps all over my body. Mm-hmm and i didn't know what to do with myself. and so it automatically just became this is the best overture of all time. Yeah. i just knew this was the best opening to any show that i would ever see. Mm-hmm. and uh, and it was at two lane summer lyric theater of all theaters. but you truly can't beat this music. no, it's awesome. i um i lost my train of thought. so, we're we're going to listen to it. And then we'll, we'll talk more <laughs> after. sounds like a plan. um this is The Overture from Candide. That song. Yeah. So when this played, when joke. you were sitting in the house, yeah, was this the moment that you knew you had to have music in your life on a different level? Yeah. I think that was the moment where the way that it affected me being live Mm-hmm. was a huge deal because I had been a recording artist person. I'd listen to pop music on the radio and CDs and mm-hmm. cassette tapes because I'm an old woman. <laughs> cassette? <that, laughs> what's that? Um, and on albums, on my dad's albums, which are vinyls making the biggest comeback right now. Oh, yeah. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, I remember just knowing that doing things live was going to be a huge thing, having Mm -hmm. it live and seeing things live and experiencing it live, which is so rare now because we can go to YouTube and see filmed versions of live things, Mm -hmm. um, and we can go, you know, watch... We can watch all sorts of recordings now in all locations. Yeah, Um, The um, Lincoln Center Library, for anybody who has access to New York, the Lincoln Center Library has... Just the most incredible collection of. I think they have every Broadway show. Every Broadway um, show. Uh, just uh, um, that you can go into the booths and watch it. Yeah, just on record. Mm-hmm. Just for, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's. I don't know if Hamilton's in there yet, but I think that they filmed it. I don't think it's available to watch yet. Okay. Yeah, that they would usually make sense. try to get the original cast. Yes, or film it early on. And I need to look up what the rules are for that. I wonder if it's like does it have to be on Broadway for a decade before that to happen, mm-hmm. or five years, like what that yeah time frame is? Because it makes sense. I mean, right when you can see it live mm-hmm. in person, it has the most impact. Obviously, like that's the reason that this song is in my five songs right yeah. now. So yeah. <sighs> Also, I, West Side Story is another one. That yes. overture gets, gets yes. under my skin. And the the, yeah. the I love West Side Story so, 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 so much. Um, the overture gets you because you know all the songs, you've heard all the songs, mm-hmm. and then there is no finale music. Yeah. That yeah. finale is just no music. The bows, there's no music. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. You... You, when you do a side story, you bow in silence. It's really, it's a, uh, that's another, I mean, yeah. I could talk about musicals for days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. We can move on. <laughs> well, sort of. We can sort of move on. Because our, way. our next song Here is we go. Also, <laughs> also from musical theater. And this is a composer that I brought up on the very first episode because he and I share a birthday. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> which is, like, the weirdest thing ever. But, um... <laughs> I actually I need to insert a little correction because what I said in the first episode was something like a an analogy and it not actually true. So <laughs> I said that um, this show was written with the intention of two sets of hands playing the piano, and that's not true. It is intended for one person to play, but it is hard. So I know it takes me two hands to play one the one-handed part. Anyway, that's my, that's my correction that's that I'm submitting. So hilarious. And the show is The Last Five Years by yes. Jason Robert Brown. And why did you pick this song? Um, do you want to actually, let's talk a little bit about the structure of the show because it's, it's an atypical yeah. storyline. It plays a little bit with time and place. Right. So, um, It plays in, uh, it's a, it is the rise and fall of a relationship from uh, the woman's point of view and the man's point of view. The woman's side of the story moves uh, in reverse, Mm -hmm. while the man's side of the story uh, moves in time, in Mm -hmm. the normal time frame. So it starts off with the woman. Um, Kathy and Jamie has left. So you know how the story ends mm-hmm. uh, during the opening number. It's definitely not a typical opening number. <laughs> it's uh, it's very different. Um, and then, so over the course of the show, she goes from the the bare bottom, uh, lost, to so happy and hopeful and excited about this man. Mm-hmm um and then his story moves in reverse he gets he's very confused and very excited about this woman and then mm-hmm. by the end you know that he is going to leave mm-hmm. um so they never actually sing together uh except for in the middle of the show uh during the wedding and uh so this song i started doing a musical theater camp when i was 14 at the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts and Blake Cohealy Who is now the principal there. He was just the musical theater dance teacher and teacher when I was there back Mm -hmm. in the day. But uh, I was a kid and I knew nothing about musical theater. I didn't know what Hairspray was. I didn't know what Phantom of the Opera was. I knew nothing. I was coming off of doing high school and junior high dance team for the past Mm -hmm. four years of my life. I loved dancing. Had never sung. Had never acted. I didn't know what I was getting into. But I auditioned for the NOCO Musical Theater Summer Program and I got in. And uh, and it was day one. It was day one of the program. And I was just like, who are these kids? This guy is weird. This world is so strange. They know everything about every musical. I know nothing. I have to go home and, and scour the internet for any kind of information I can find on any musical ever. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and he asked us to lay down on the ground. And uh, I guess the album from the original off-Broadway cast of last five years had been around for oh, maybe five years. Um, 2004. So I first heard it in 2002. Okay. So if that, and I don't know how new yeah. it was then. So yeah, about two or three years maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm trying to think. It wasn't, you know, 10 years old Right. or more like it is now, but it was just definitely, oh my gosh, that makes me feel so old. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely on the newer side of things, especially for someone who didn't really know what the music man mm-hmm. was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was very green and new and had just taken classes and, sort of auditioned all day so they could gauge the talent of everyone in the group and uh, and they, he had us lay on the ground and he played this song and it moved me so much I didn't know what to think about it mm-hmm. I mean the deep cello and like the oh whole the movement of this song and how heartbreaking it was and then learning but this is the opening number of the show. This is how the show moves and like mm-hmm. going home and researching it and finding out, Oh my gosh, all of these songs are so crazy. Uh, and fast forwarding to right before Hurricane Katrina. And I do literally mean like two weeks before Katrina hit. Um, we had just started school back up. We were doing a production of cats with like 40 cats. Cause that's how big our program was. It was ridiculous. And uh, after rehearsal, Jason Robert Brown was in town. At this wow. point, I knew his entire disc- discography. He had just r- released uh, "Wearing Someone Else's Clothes," which is one of my favorites oh and my one God. of the lesser known. And It's just so great. Yes. It's just a great, random eclectic assortment of mm-hmm. w- of his brain, I yeah. think, and uh, and I. He did a very small, like a, just a very small cabaret. There was a great cabaret space in New Orleans called the Chateau. that's no longer there anymore, but, um, but he came and he did a concert and he played <laughs> all of, I mean, just hits from Songs for a New World, last five years, and he played a lot of music from wearing someone else's clothes. So I immediately bought the CD, mm-hmm. got it signed, met the guy, then, uh. And then a couple weeks later, and he closed that concert with Louisiana 1927 by Randy Newman, which was crazy. I wonder if there's like a a live recording of that. (sighs) There's some recording of him doing it. I mean, there's YouTube videos of everything. Mm -hmm. But just, I mean, like (laughs) six feet of water in the streets of Evangeline, like that whole, Mm -hmm. and I was like, whoa, like fast forward two weeks, and wow. So anyway, it was just a weird serendipitous thing and I listened to his album nonstop when I drove to live with my host family after the storm in Florida um, and kind of like spend my senior year in a strange place yeah. and just listen to the song getting out from wearing someone else's clothes and like mm-hmm. <laughs> just so the Jason Robert Brown full circle yeah. came there so it started with the very first introduction to a song and it's it's a really good one yeah all right we're gonna jump right in Um, this is still hurting from the last five years. So now that everybody's crying. Yeah. A little sad. crestfallen. Yeah. Um, So sad. When it comes to songs about heartbreak, do you think and have you ever, do you have a connotation with, this show and about loss with the uh, disaster that hit New Orleans. Um, I don't equate this song with that. Mm. I I kind of equate um, all of his music with... I mean, very specific songs, I think back to Music of Heaven is a really big one mm-hmm. for me. I was raised in a very, you know, we both went to Catholic school, so you don't have to, because we did that, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I would go to church with my friends on Sundays, but, you know, Sundays were for sleeping in and having breakfast with the family Brunch. and like yep. brunchy, brunchy times, mm-hmm. and it, it was never... uh You know, I wasn't Jewish, so it wasn't completely foreign to me to go to mass. I would go to mass with my grandma on Easter, you Mm -hmm. know, but I never, you know, had communion or anything like that. I was, I never was baptized Catholic before Mm -hmm. I could control anything. Sure. Um, But uh, music of heaven is like a huge one for me. resonates with me a lot. And uh, getting out was like, Me driving to Florida, and uh, I equate other things with the storm, but I really don't assign music to it. Okay. Because I knew that that city would always have music. I knew that that Mm -hmm. city wasn't going... People weren't going to leave that city. Yeah. uh, And and especially leave it without music. Um, Yeah. I remember seeing images... Uh, weeks after, months after, of um, buskers and their Mm -hmm. instruments, and either still showing up on the sidewalk to play, Uh or playing completely water-damaged instruments, and it's, I think there's a spirit to New Orleans. I've actually never been there, but it's, 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 on my list of places I need to go Uh-oh. as soon as possible. Yes, it is. Um, you must go. <laughs> but there is a spirit that you can feel from everywhere else in the country, and that I don't. I don't think any natural j- disaster could ever, um, yeah, really flicker that. But on that note, I would like to take a moment to say something about Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, hopefully, by the time this podcast is released. Things are a little bit better, um, but as of right now, they are still without power. Um, I'm reading a lot of stories, uh, friends, um, because I'm lucky enough to have friends from everywhere, (laughs) Um, friends whose parents are um, really struggling. So um, do what you can to give what you can. Um, I think right now monetary donations are much better than um, things. Um, yes. I'm sure that there will come a time where they need, you know, your old jeans and the t-shirts you don't wear anymore, yes. but right now I, I think it's, uh, about, uh, money. Yes. And um, you can check with your local airports regarding battery collections that they're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that here in New York City, the Broadway shows, those mic packs that use batteries, Mm -hmm. one show, and then they change them out. Yeah. They're collecting all of those batteries, putting them on a plane down there. Hopefully, there will be planes tonight, tomorrow. Right. Um, There's no electricity still. It's, uh, well, there are certain places and areas that have electricity if you have generators, but even then. And gas is a thing, right. um like i said by the time this is released hopefully everything is better but i just wanted to take a moment and acknowledge our brothers and sisters in puerto rico because you are americans and we are thinking about you no matter what anybody in a high castle is saying so with that said um (laughs) let's move on (laughs) We can move on, because okay. this song is not still hurting.
1: No, it's um, not. This is,
0: <laughs> this is... We are in um, a really, really gorgeous <laughs> era of pop music. Um, this is... I. She is the queen of riffing. Of 1993. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, of, of 1993. Uh, three, 1994. Um, Mariah Carey, who just, man... I, if I could have her voice for like a day, oh my, God. my life would be so different. I mean, these first three, four albums, basically up until Rainbow, which mm. is which is weird because so many people go Rainbow on. Oh, I. <laughs> but those first like four or five albums are just. I discovered oh, Mariah Carey with so Rainbow, good. and it was actually well. That's that's not exactly true. Rainbow was the, her first album that I bought. And then I kind of went backwards, and I went to Butterfly, uh-huh. which whew, Butterfly those two albums oh. were like me freshman year of high school totally. all day every day. Like, oh yeah, I just I loved. Oh yeah, I love loved the fact that it was a fusion of this more edgy, almost like R and B, and this really classic uh, voice with these pop lyrics, and yes. you know, just she really she was. Probably the the first to really bend the genres um, yeah. in the pop world. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, my mother, so I mentioned how my dad was more the jazz, blues, mm-hmm. 60s, 70s kind of thing. My mother was definitely um, just super spunky, curly haired 80s and early 90s pop. Uh, and enjoyed the singer-songwriter things as well. My parents loved Poco and the Eagles, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so they, they did share, you know, have a mutual love of, of groups and styles of music, but my mother would buy the Whitney and the Tina and the Mariah and the Mariah Carey, the OG, the Mariah Carey self-titled album. <laughs> that was my childhood baby she is a child she's a child but she sounds amazing i'm like into emotions is so good Uh, like oh just i'm so those those first few albums basically up through music box that's like mm -hmm. the meat of my mariah that i grew up just you know, dancing in the living room, singing lyrics that I still to this day don't even know the actual (laughs) words because I was making words up. Right, no, no, You know, like, you're a pal and a comfy dog, like that (laughs) kind of thing. So uh, that's kind of what I do with a lot of those songs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this song specifically is I would put on the CD player, there was a repeat button. And my mom would be vacuuming and washing dishes and whatever. And I'm like, five. And I know exactly where the repeat button is. <laughs> so it comes on for maybe the seventh time. And she's like, Chelsea, you <laughs> have to stop this madness. You have to think another song. And I, I, I said, no, I will mom. not. This was my jam. So this, I know that she would especially appreciate hearing yeah. it. <laughs> Again. And again, and again. This is my jam. Well, we're only going <laughs> to play it once, but... Okay, okay, fine. This is Someday by Mariah Carey. Awesome. <laughs> so, I read somewhere, once upon a time, that Mariah Carey had an eight-octave range. Yes. Is that true? Has it been proven? Um, I believe... So okay. I think it's been proven through recordings. Okay. Because um, my go-to karaoke song mm-hmm. is "Vision of Love" from that same album. Uh so which she starts off like she's all she's way yes, down there. Yes, that's true. And um, and you know her whistle toning madness that she actually works up to. It's not just like a trick flip hit this note. Mm-hmm. It's a full thing so she can sing in a contralto setting, possibly not now because all voices with change. time change mm-hmm. but I mean when you go through these first four or five albums, it's insane like yeah. I think there's a there there's probably a video or a collection of videos on YouTube that kind of line up all of the notes mm-hmm Together, huh? I'm gonna Some look for one. Songs. If I find it, I'll put it on our website. I love that because I, I it's gotta I, of course like me in high school being like a jerk was like, <laughs> she isn't actually even singing. It's a flute. It's a flute. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a jerk. I. Cause you know, when, you're, when you want to be good at something, you don't want anybody else to be good at it. Yeah, you want to be the best. You want to be the best. For sure. And <laughs> I went through this phase where I wanted to be a pop star. Who didn't? I mean, yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, you just, you you have to, like, give respect where, you know, where yeah, it's, yeah. it's. She deserves that. Deserved, so. She deserves all that respect. So great. Yeah. Mariah. Oh, the classic, the OG. Do we so, m- do we move on? We move on now. Okay. Um this last song is actually so funny story about this song. I Kelsey and I um occasionally will sling beers together at a bar. Yeah, we move. And on. In <laughs> Moonlight Those in Bar bartenders. Um <laughs> and she is one of my favorite people to work with because she's just so much fun. But there was one Friday night, night where I I don't know about you, but I decided to let loose a little bit. And mm-hmm quite possibly had like one or two shots more than I deserved. <laughs> <coughs> you had you had some shots. Yes. Well, I'll just some say shots. some shots. I had some shots. <laughs> it was and it was a late night. I let Chelsea pick Oh, my playlist ended or something, oh, so yeah. I told Chelsea to just put anything on and she put this song on. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What is this?" I put this band on. that I was familiar with, and then they won the NPR Tiny Desk concert. Yeah, yeah. Contest. <coughs> uh, so they gave uh, an NPR Tiny Desk concert. And um, they are uh, they're called Tank and the Bangas. <laughs> uh, I love that name. I, I know. Well, Tariana Tank, is her nickname. Okay. She's kind of the head of the band the the main the main character in the production of Tank and the Bangas and I say production because it is a live experience right like I'm driven by so many live performances mm-hmm. and I chose this song because I don't like picking like final top 5 final top 10 because every day I see new things <laughs> in this city that I love mm-hmm. And my husband would be the first person to say on our first date, he was like, top ten movies, go. And I was like, I, I don't have that. What I, were the last ten movies I saw? Right, exactly, basically. So uh, <laughs> so when you asked me about five songs, I was like, oh, no. But I keep that open mind. Like, well, for now, mm-hmm. this is in my, right. one of, my top five for songs. For now. Uh, but Tank and the Bang is, uh, based out of New Orleans Mm -hmm. and, uh, my friend Alexis from NOCA, the school that I mentioned earlier, her and, and Sam and their band Sweet Crude are opening for them while they're on tour. Oh, that's amazing. So I actually went last Friday, um, when they were at La Poisson Rouge, well, not last Friday, was it last Friday? Friday before last, yeah. And, uh, and they were mind-blowing. Uh, Sweet Crude was mind-blowing as well. My friend Carl came with me, and we had been in this world of sharing music with each other, and I shared Tank and the Bangers with him, and he immediately became obsessed. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I said, well, they're coming to New York. We're going to see them. And my friend Alexis Dang. is going to be there. We're going to see them. It's going to be great. So we, went and we saw them at La Poisson Rouge, and it's definitely something that you have to experience live. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tank initially got into this style i wouldn't personally call it jazz or funk or hip-hop or any it is she she initially started in uh she was in like slam poetry so she would go up and she would speak these words that she felt and they were very very deep Mm -hmm. they come she gives you her soul when she sings and when she speaks and uh and she met basically the entire band through uh through that world and they created uh this in my opinion very fun new cool crazy sound that gives you those goosebumps that gives you that feeling of I've never experienced this before mm-hmm. so yeah that's this song is very sweet and uh is a very kind of open and, and sweet and sad song mm-hmm. by them. So, yeah. Is there a particular reason why you picked this song over anything else? Um, this song uh, is very quiet. They're a very loud and open and in-your-face mm-hmm. uh, in a great way type of band. Right. Uh, but this song, the entire room when we saw them, La Poisson Rouge is big. You were downstairs? Yeah, downstairs. Mm-hmm. So it was much bigger than the Tiny Desk concert, right. for example. Right. It's, it's literally called Tiny mm-hmm. Desk. You know, it's much bigger than uh, the smaller venues that you normally play in New Orleans because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of gigantic <laughs> venues outside of Jazz Fest and the like that you play in New Orleans. So... Uh, So seeing them in that space, and then this song, the lights came down, the crowd got quiet because they knew what was coming, because it's such a sweet, uh, small, wonderful song. All right, excellent. So this is Oh Heart by Tank and the Bangas.
1: You love each other, it doesn't matter what you are, you will find each other. I'm goofy, I'm gargantuan I'm going to make you laugh
0: guys were listening to the song Chelsea and I actually watched a live performance which I'm going to put on the website as well Mm -hmm. um and you made a comment you said that it's an experience and it's something that you just it's like you have to be in the room and feel that energy because it's you can see it it's palpable yeah yeah it's it's really really beautiful it's this is why we make music this is this is why we have it yeah so yeah. That just made me so happy. Oh, good. I really, I, so this is like my introduction to Tank and the Bangas as well, and I am definitely going to be listening to the Tiny Desk concert. Oh, yeah, please. Um, uh, I mean, if, if there's a way for you to put that on your site I as well. I think so. I think so, um, yeah. Because it's, it's a, it's a collection mm-hmm. that doesn't have that song, yeah. you know, but it's still that experience in a small space, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so intimate and real and raw. Mm -hmm. um and uh, yes every song that I've seen them perform is just you're in it yeah you're drawn in and and you don't want to get out right I like the idea of the 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 instruments that they're using yeah it's not your traditional piano guitar right or um violin yes Yes. there it's it seems to me like it's all percussion, um, and that song, in <coughs> that song, yes, uh, mm-hmm. they usually incorporate uh, horns, flutes as well. Like uh, the well, the, they like brass. There was your opportunity. There it is. There it is. There's my to saxophone. Play the flute, There's it, my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of opened my eyes to the fact that there can be different. It's it's just a different take on lyrics and what they mean and Mm -hmm. every performance every version of this song they do is very different Mm -hmm. and they feed off of each other if uh tank wants to go into another bridge with other lyrics she does and they all follow suit that's amazing if albert wants to just riff off on a flute melody and then they start this new thing and create this new part of the song Mm -hmm. then they do it's definitely an experience um, that is so uh, so worth the price yeah. of the $18 general admission. Love it. and then some. Like right. you will not be upset if you just sit down and watch videos of and, and listen to the music from this band. That's All right. Well, we're getting out of here, so I know. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. This is this is the end, right? No more no. songs. It's only five. This is the end. But <laughs> you can definitely check out uh, Chell Sparks' song every Friday at nine PM. Um, find her on Instagram. She is at Chell Sparks, mm-hmm. and on Facebook yes. or Twitter, also at Chell Sparks. Yes, correct. So nine PM sharp. Fridays Lives. Eastern Standard Time. She takes requests. I do. I really want to see somebody stump her, but that's just me. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I don't. If I don't know it, I don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> but if I can find the chords, then I kind of know it. Yeah. I, I mean, she plays stuff all the time. The Ignition Remix. So I think her uh, catalog is pretty wide. <laughs> Chelsea, do you have anything else coming up? Any any shows or appearances? Um, uh, not at the moment. It's mainly just, I just started season two of the show. Mm-hmm. I do about 24, 25 shows, uh, depending on how the weather goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, Friday's at nine. And uh, and it's, it's a blast and a half. Yeah. I'm looking to have theme shows this season. So um, hopefully this Friday will be... I got so many requests last week uh, for TV theme songs. Oh, that's right. That I am going to kind of mesh together step by step into growing pains into family guy into married with children like it's just gonna be a mess that's gonna be really good that's gonna be great Mm -hmm. and if i have enough robitussin in my system by the end of it there might be an album oh my gosh robitussin oh my show is great on robitussin (laughs) just ask izzy this podcast is not sponsored by Robitussins, <laughs> nor do I think they would really appreciate the way that we're using their product. So just putting that out there. Yeah. Um well, awesome. Thank you, Chelsea, so much. Uh, i I'm, I'm definitely going to get out of here and take some Robitussin. Oh my gosh, yes. I might just get some Benadryl myself. And by Robitussin, I mean probably whiskey. Yeah, let's be Because my ourselves. sister lives around the corner. There anyway, Perfect. Um, thank you very much for tuning in and uh, bearing with me and my beautiful singing voice today. Um, as always, you can... Find all of the information, all of the links, everything at the website, www.farfromhomeentertainment.com. Click on Sound in 5 at the top of the page. That will take you where you need to go. Um, and follow us on the socials. We are at Sound in 5 on the Twitter, and hopefully by the time this airs, the Instagram. Um, I think that's all for now. Woo. So we'll see you next time. This has been a production of Far From Home Entertainment. Create fearlessly.